What's up, you majestic what the fluffs? I'm Tyler. And I'm Shorty. <laughs> and we are the, the Inner Idiots. Idiots. This podcast contains graphic language, violence, and other things that you probably should not let your children listen to. Please enjoy. Did you hear that music? You know what time it is. It's time to get a little on you. Put your ugly kids to bed. It ain't wet from sweat and we ain't done yet. We're back. It's the inner idiot. I am your host, Tyler Havlin. The host with the most. The most belly hair. Most belly hair? I think that's what we're going with. I got a lot of belly hair. And you hear him, you love him. Yeah. My wonderful co-host, the Lord that's never bored, the commander of the comic books, with his shirt allergy and all. Shorty fresh in the flesh, two claps and a Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Lord Shorty Hoffman. Yeah, alright. I'm here. Yeah. It's early, dude. It we ain't it? never recorded this early. No, it's good, man. It's only noon-ish. Twelve. Mm. 12-ish. It's 11, 20-something. I'm not even close. It's okay. Are you usually sleeping yet? No. No? I didn't go to bed yesterday until like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I was up by 4. Uh-uh. No, thank you. It's a terrible life with mine. <laughs> what time did you go in last night? 6. And you worked till 10 this morning? Yep. No, thank 16-hour days, dog. Gotta get my money. I gotta afford my habits somehow, dog. They used to not let us do that. Uh, they threw a hissy for the first couple of times I did it, but then like, oh man, we're shorthanded. We could really use the help and nobody else is volunteering and we can't mandate somebody if somebody else is volunteering. And then they got really crappy with me one time. Uh, they, uh, they told me that I wasn't allowed to work. So I did my own research while I was there at work and printed out the OSHA work rules, the, uh, state work rules, the federal work rules and our own work rules on hours allowed to be worked. And I said, here, you cannot literally make me go home if you need the help. Mm. And they just kind of like, well, shit, this guy has to be here now. Well, what time are you going in tonight? Six o'clock. You going to work till 10 again? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. Got to get my money. Like I said, man, I got to get my fix, dog. Like these, uh, these comics, these statues, they don't pay for themselves, homie. They might one day. I mean, yeah, like probably after I'm dead. You know, that empty spot though, right there, I know y'all can't see it, but that empty spot is driving me nuts now. It's going to get filled. There's uh, two more bombshells scheduled to come out. They haven't announced what they're going to be yet, but yeah. they're like, oh, new bombshells coming out. I'm like, yay, give me more. Which one? Oh, they haven't announced. They haven't announced who they are yet. Poor but listening skills. I know. God bless it. <laughs> what the hell? All right. So, next week's my birthday. Yay! Next Friday. Now... Usually I make a big deal about my birthday, and I'm probably going to anyways. But here's the thing. When it gets close to my birthday, I always start thinking about death. Because that's one year closer to death. Sure. Or one more day. De- I don't fucking know. You know what I'm getting at, though. I know what you're so saying. So today's top five is five things I want mentioned or done at my funeral. Oh, done? Oh, goodness. Either or. Okay. Number five. If there was foul play investigate my youngest daughter 
because she will probably be the motherfucking death of me. You know, so, like, I've heard this thing, right, where, like, the sweeter the kid, like, as a baby, Mm -hmm. the more, like, rebellious of a teenager they're going to be. And then vice versa. So the more rebellious and, like, asshole of a child you have, (laughs) the sweeter the older the teenager is. Now, I have seen this both being true and false with my nieces. Like, my niece Talia Baby has been a sweetheart from the moment she popped out the womb to current. She's the sweetest girl. Kara, on the other hand, she was the sweetest little baby, and now she hates my ass, but she still says she loves me and hangs out with me. Is Kara the one that always looks like she wants to punch somebody in the face? Yeah, dude, that's Kara Baby. She's cool, though. I know she's cool as fuck, but, like, she used to be, oh, my God, she used to be the sweetest little thing. She'd come up and just hold my hand out for no reason. She'd come up and just give me a hug and just be all sweet. Now she fucking punches me. See, I think we need to have Kara on to tell Uncle Shorty stories. All right. I'll talk to her. I don't know, man. She's awfully shy, which is weird. She shouldn't be. She didn't seem shy. Yeah, she'll talk shit. That's not shy. (laughs) Talking shit is what we do. That's right. She'll talk all kinds of shit about me. So my oldest, she was sweet from the time she come out. She's sweet now. So I don't know what what uh, age this rebellious thing is supposed to. We kick were in. really worried about Talia, baby, but she's about to be twenty and she hasn't hit it yet. So right. well, my oldest is nowhere near that. Right. But the youngest, see, the youngest is this weird mix of sweet and evil. So like, she'll love on me, but I have to love on her in the correct manner, or it's not right. Yeah, you got to know her love language, you know what she, I'm saying? She'll she want me to lay with her in bed at night. She'll be like, Daddy, lay with me. Read me a story. Sing me a song. And we have songs we sing. We sing Swing on a Star. Stutter Star. <laughs> we sing Stand By Me, Soft Kitty, and You Are My Sunshine. Yeah. Hell of a mix. But she can sing every one of those songs. Dope. But, so after we read, then we sing. And then she's like, all right, Daddy, cuddle with me. So I'll cuddle with her. She'll be like, Dad. You're not tickling my back. Like, well, what more do you want from me? I just read to you. I sung you a song. And now to cuddle with you, I have to rub your back? Yep. <laughs> or, or she'll put her arm straight up in there. Tickle my arm now, Dad. Just sweet as can be until I don't do it. Word. All right, number four. It better be said at my funeral that I was a man of many words and fuck was 90% of them. <laughs> Number three, if there are any ugly kids at my funeral, please escort them out immediately. I don't need to take that kind of bad juju into the afterlife. So are you at least going to have a picture of like like five different kids and like compare your com- compare another child to these children? Like not your own because you're biased. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like you have a really cute kid and then you have a really ugly kid. And that's why it's on the front door. That way it's not in the funeral with you. You know what I'm saying? So you're like, all right, well, hold on, ma'am. Your kid's ugly. Sorry, you got to you, You're gonna have to leave him in the car. Right. We got We got. We got a horse pen. You know, pig pen over there. He could stay in. Yeah. <laughs> there. There needs to be some kind of chart that decides how cute or ugly your kid is. And once that chart is created, I can then die in peace. And we can use that chart. And really, really, you just need somebody you trust, absolutely trust, with your firm judgment. Like, yeah, that's a cute kid. No, that's an ugly kid. It's just like, man, you know, like my kid's adorable. Ma'am, I'm sorry, but it is Tyler Havlin's <laughs> wishes that no ugly child come in here. And he is trusted to <laughs> be with this duty to say no ugly children. And ma'am, that shit's a gremlin. Right. But see, here's the thing. The people that I trust would really want to stick it to me one last time to get a good kick out of it. Well, 
I mean, it's like, I'm going to let this ugly kid in. My eyes pop What if it's, like, so ugly it's funny? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like, there's ugly kids, and then there's some ugly-ass kids that are just fucking funny to look at. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you had me in the front lobby telling people, no, you can't let your ugly-ass kid in here, like, I got your back, Ty. But if there's a fucking hilarious ugly kid, you go on in. Kiss that motherfucker on the cheek. <laughs> there, look, there's three people in this world that I know for sure are going to outlive me. Reba, you, and Betty White. So it is up to you three to make sure that there are well, no ugly I'll kids. I'll try to get Betty White on uh, speed dial over here. You, you notice I got Betty White see, on my shirt today. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I like it. All right. What number were we at? We got a little uh, sidetracked there. That was number three. So number two is I want my ashes mixed in the keg for the wake. I'm glad I don't drink. And I don't want anybody to know it just because I want to be inside everyone one last time. You're fucking gross. Yeah, yeah. You but know. I mean, I'll mix it. I don't give a fuck. Just I'll don't make... tell nobody. Well, that's fine. Because like, I mean, it would not seem suspicious for the guy who doesn't drink not to drink any of the alcohol. Sorry, Ty. You ain't getting none of this. I'll figure out another way to get inside you. You get the fuck away from me. <laughs> that sounds awful. It does. So this episode's over. I'm going to have to ask Tyler to leave, and I'm going to call the police. Nah, <laughs> never. Number one, Reba better give the eulogy, and she better talk about how majestic my pee-pee is. I don't care how much she has to lie. She better make it sound like All I have All three to... inches. <laughs> majestic. All three of them. Hard. Six to midnight. <laughs> that is my top five for the day. What do you got? Uh, and you thought it was going to be dark. No, no, for me, it's dark. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the first thing, uh, you know, I guess number five would be my collection. I want it to be almost memorialized as a museum or something. You know what I'm saying? You got enough shit. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like the highest compliment I've ever been given in life was the fact that my house, my apartment looked like a museum. And they were afraid to touch anything. I'm like, well, good. You shouldn't touch anything. I was, anyway. I was told that. Yeah. And I never even got to see your apartment. But Camden told me one day, he's like, yeah, you walk into his apartment. It's like walking into a little museum. Yeah, see? Highest compliment I'll ever have. Um, but yeah, I just have it displayed at my funeral if I haven't sold it yet. Which, chances are, I probably won't sell it because I'm too attached. That's a lot of moving shit. Into a funeral home and out of a funeral home. Something could get damaged in the process. Well, I mean... Why don't we just change your house? We'll have a funeral at your... Well, I'm not going to be around. I'll be dead by then. I mean, you never know. One of these things might lead to my death. Okay. (laughs) So, number four is I'm eccentric. I often find, like, the randomest shit that excites me, I go off and do it. And that's what I want people to remember me for, for being eccentric. And it might be what kills you. Exactly right. Hey, by the way, I need uh, some some painting done this summer. I was going to invite some people over. God damn it. I need you to do the roof part. Motherfucker. <laughs> I, I don't You're like afraid that. of heights. Yeah, that's right. You're afraid of heights. Um, Pizza. One thing I once said about me at my funeral is I would literally give you the skin off my back because I'm not wearing a shirt. Oh. And I want it said just like that. Whoever's given my eulogy, say in life he would give you the skin off his back. He would give you a shirt, but he doesn't have one of those. That's exactly how I want it said. You don't. You had one when I got here. Yeah. And then it just disappeared. Well, that's because I got off of work. Yeah. I'm not allowed to work. Like, seriously, I've bitched so many times that I'm not allowed to walk around and work without a shirt. Yeah, I've never seen you in a sleeveless shirt, though. Besides the vest. Well, I mean, 
the only sleeveless shirts I have are my muscle shirts, and I wear those to work. All shirts have the ability to be sleeveless, my yeah, friend. Yeah, but see, I don't, nah. They make my arms look good. You know what I'm saying? The sleeves. Oh, okay, yeah. So, that's the only reason I keep them. When you, you know wear an extra schmedium, it does that. Yeah, exactly right, schmedium. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I guess number two, what I once said about me is I was passionate. Everything that I did, I went full force researched a bunch you know i was wholeheartedly into it whether that be my friends or my activities i was passionate about all of it do you do background checks on your friends no no uh depends on how shady they are really (laughs) i have done a background check on a dude's girlfriend before well yeah you gotta make sure your boy's all right well i told him she was nuts and he didn't believe me and i was able to prove it yeah she had three restrainings Three restraining orders uh, tied to her name when I looked her up. And I was like, dude, you need to get the fuck away from this girl. He's like, nah, she's fine. I was like, no, dude. Because you remember us talking about that crazy hot scale? Yeah. Where, yeah. like, you know, the crazier, the hotter you are, the crazier you are. And then yes, there's sir. that weird you ass unicorn thing. He always went for the fucking tens. And, like, they were always batshit crazy. Except for one. Which blows my fucking mind, dude. She's a sweetheart. I love her to death. Rachel, if you're listening, you know who you are. I love you to death. She is possibly the sanest woman he has ever dated. And, like, she broke up with him, which is probably another sane move. You know what I'm saying? Sounds like it. You know, this reminds me of a a movie that you had got on me that I had never watched. All the crazy talk. I finally watched Joker. Yeah? It was dope. I told you. It was a good movie. It was dope as shit. But, yeah. Passionate. That's it. That's sorry. Get off topic. But that bitch, he ended up seriously. That I, I need to talk about this, dude, because it's so <laughs> fucked up. Like six months into the relationship, this motherfucker shows up to my house, damn near in tears. I was like, dude, what happened? He goes, I need you to take pictures. I was like, of what? Did he, he beat her? I mean, she no. beat him. Yes. I said, what do you need me to take pictures of? My dick. Oh no. I was like, what happened? He goes, we got into an argument. I thought it was settled. She went down on me. And literally bit his oh, dick. Oh, fuck. Literally drew blood. Oh, man. I had to take pictures of this motherfucker's dick because he couldn't look at it. He was so fucking, like, scarred from it, dude. And guess what? She was, or he was, her fourth restraining order. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm sitting in court. I was like, what'd I tell you, dude? That's also when I got my name changed mm. to Shorty. What, what's the weirdest thing one of your exes have ever done to you? Weirdest thing? Or craziest thing? Uh, the craziest thing any ex has ever done to me, I used to have a flannel, a, ri- a long sleeve flannel mm-hmm. um, that was actually, uh, it belonged to my uh, great uncle Joe. And I wore this thing everywhere and I covered it in band patches like Disturbed, Corn, Blue October, all kinds of crazy ass metal patches and shit. It was my favorite flannel I ever had. I had it from like the time I was 14 to... Until she ruined it? Yeah. <laughs> but I left it at her house and like we broke up. And, like, I thought we broke up on, like, halfway decent terms. Because she broke up with me, not the other way around. Well, then she found out not long after we'd broken up, like, maybe a month, I was already talking to a new girl. What do you want me to do? Mope you around broke for- up. Yeah. Mope around forever, whatever. I'm young. I was, like, I'm, like, 20 years old or so at the time. And, literally, she found this out. She sent me a video of her burning that instead of wow. giving it back to me. One of my favorite flannels. Yep. That's the craziest thing any, any woman's ever done to me. Except for Obahan smacked me on the face when I called her a cunt, but... 
I mean, it's cunt. When you throw around cunt, anything can happen. Well, I mean, don't be a cunt. You won't get called one. But yeah, you know, that's, that's, true. that's a simple rule of life. If you don't like it, don't be one. Simple but, as that. There's this one girl I dated, right? And I told her from offset, we're not exclusive. I never want to get married. That's it. And if you don't want to know the answer or something, don't ask it. Sure. So, But we were together for like six months, seven months. Mm-hmm. Well, about four months in... She bought herself a ring, and she said, this is a promise ring from you to me. I was like, I didn't buy it. She's like, it's okay. I was like, all right. I caught her telling one of my friends that we were engaged. Holy shit. Yeah. Hmm. That is some cuckoo After shit. six months? Yeah. God damn. That, shoo, that girl. So then I had to figure out a way to break up with her, and that took me a couple months. Because she threw my little sister's... Um, my little sister's baby shower. And I promised my little sister. I was like, all right, I won't break up with her till after the baby shower. <laughs> so I had to keep the charade going for like two months. Jesus. But it gave me time to figure it out. And then when I broke up with her, she gave me $500 hoping it would get me back. I was like, I'm going to take this $500 since you're giving it to me, but what I'm not getting back with you. That's wild. Yeah, dude, it was weird. Where do you find these bitches? I need to date them to make some money real quick. She was a friend of somebody else I dated. I don't fucking care. Like... Fucking date them for a few months and fucking make five hundred dollars. I'm just kidding. I ain't that fucking terrible. I wish I was. I didn't ask for the money. She I just know, gave it like, to me, and I'm, I'm not gonna turn down five hundred. No, 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 no. You'd have to be retarded. All right. What's uh, your number one thing? My number one thing is I want people to remember me um, for being kind. I can get down with that. That's literally it. I don't care what anybody else takes away from my life, whether it be eccentric, my collection, or otherwise. I just want to be known for being kind. That's it. That's a good one. Unless I turn out to be a huge asshole in the next fucking few years. I don't see that that switch flipping. Me neither. I mean, there's some people out there who think I'm a huge asshole. There's some people who spread horrendous rumors about me. I found out the other day I did heroin for five years. Did you? Yeah. Did you, you don't even smoke pot. I know. Somebody told me I looked really good. I was like, well, thank you. They're like, I'm glad the recovery went well. I'm like, recovery? <laughs> And they're like, yeah, I heard you were really bad. Bad what? And they were like strung out on heroin. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're like, yeah, I heard you got really strung out on heroin. I was like, really? Please have a seat. I want to know this story. Tell me the tale of my life I've never learned. Wow. For somebody that doesn't drink, doesn't smoke pot, you're just going to skip the gateways and go right into, right into the into hard heroin. shit. Might as well, dude. Fuck it. If you're going to hit it, just hit it hard. You know what right? I'm saying? Fuck that. Yep. Go big or go home. That was our top five. That's it. I don't foresee either one of us dying anytime soon. God, I hug fucking... I got at least another 10 years left. If I make it to 50. So, 10 years will put me at 46. I I can make 46. I can make 46 happen, I think. Alright, let's take a break and and (laughs) cheer up a little bit. Shit. (laughs) Happy birthday to me. Fuck. (laughs) Next week we'll have a happier episode. Yes. Happy episode. Yay, birthday. Yay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
It is March 11th, 2020. Dumb. It is National Funeral Director and Mortician Recognition Day. Did you know that going into I this? I did not know that until I got here today. <laughs> That's so good. That is. True story. One of the guys at work uh, I work with, he used to be a mortician. You told me about this, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. That would be the creepiest job. No. He's, he's such a nice guy, man. Real fucking, real polite, real, you know, mild-mannered, you know, very quiet. But man, when he gets pissed, dude, he's fucking pissed. It's so funny. It's a good thing he worked with dead people then. That's right. It is also National Oatmeal Nut Waffles Day. That's funny. Any day is a good day for waffles. Waffles, yes. Oatmeal and... Oatmeal nut waffles, though? I don't fucking dig oatmeal, dude. Oatmeal's gross. Do you think so? I fucking hate oatmeal. I, I like oatmeal. That stems from my father. My father hates oatmeal. Swarm cereal? Gross. You can put anything in it? Gross. And granola bars? Gross. Oh, Sun Valley Chewy Granola Bars. That sounds awful. Give me belly boners. Belly boners. Belly boners. It is also <laughs> National Worship of Tools Day. Worship of Tools? Hail the power drill. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird thing. Worship of Tools Day. How See, has that I was, not been I was, canceled yet? I was, I was confused whether it meant like tools? I mean, if you... Tools? Use, if you use, or like the guy down the road who's a fucking tool. If you use it as a tool, I think it can be worship. I mean, I fuck with it. Yeah. Worship your PP day. That's right. But only in the U.S. because it's national. <laughs> ah, yes. It's not international. Right. But, so, leads us to our next city shout-out. It is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. That's right. Let's get just some quick wiki on it. It is the largest city... In the U.S. of the United States of Pennsylvania? No, that doesn't sound right. This is why I don't like using Wikipedia. It never sounds right. But, anyways, it's the largest city in Pennsylvania. Its population is about 1.6 million. Golly. Yeah, that's a big city. What was Cincinnati's? It was like 400,000 or something. Something like that. That's good. It's over twice the size. Yeah, it's like three times the size. Four times the size. Jesus. Good lord. Alright, so, Pennsylvania was founded in 1682. It was incorporated October 25th, 1701. Hmm, what else is about? It was found by William Penn. Yep. He was a Quaker. Mm-hmm. You know what else Quakers made? <sighs> Fucking oatmeal. I fucking knew it. Oh, Quaker, Quaker oats are great, man. Jesus Christ. Um, let's see. It's got an elevation of 39 feet. <laughs> above sea level that's not very high uh uh big ben uh william penn or whatever his name is uh, mm-hmm. they have a statue of him over top of the oh god city building i think he's literally on top of the building that sounds about right i think i've yeah. seen pictures of it mm-hmm. see yeah. i've never it's been a famous structure or whatever like we see uh when we used to go up there during christmas time or whatever to see family and whatnot We'd always go to downtown because my aunt Peg still lived there, so we'd always go downtown, and then we'd always go over to the ter- uh, the uh, Main Street Terminal or whatever, and it has a big light show and stuff like that. Pretty cool, and that's where William Penn is up top. Is that the uh, Independence Hall? Is that what that is? No, no, that's not the same building. That's do- where it is, but it's it's in Philly. But it's yeah, not. I do know the Independence Hall was where the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were signed. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have been there. I've have been you- to that building. Have you seen the Liberty Bell? <laughs> yep. Of course, I think everybody's been to Philly's probably seen the Liberty Bell, right? Sure. Uh, How big uh, is it? 
It's fucking big. It's it's like you're not allowed to get like up next to it. But you're least... not gonna miss it, right? No, fuck no. It's not. I don't think it's hanging. So like it's fucking butt up in a building. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. To keep it out of the fucking weather and shit. Like it's already got the crack in it. They don't want to fucking do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was like out on display. It is. Well, I mean, it is out but on. But it's display. like in a glass and it. I think enclosure, it's in, maybe. Uh, that or it's in the fucking building with a fucking rope around it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know, but it is a big fucking bell. I wonder how it got cracked. Uh, I don't remember. You know what? There's a story about it. You got some stuff about Philadelphia. Uh, Let's hear it. Yeah, some of the weird shit that people uh people might not know. Um, one thing that is known is the art museum. Where uh, Rocky Balboa ran up the stairs and shit. I have ran up those stairs. It's pretty neat. The art museum is actually really cool. His statue, however, is no longer in front of the art museum. It's moved to... It was moved to the city building. The Rocky statue is in front of the city building? Hold on. So, the art museum decided that it wasn't relating to, like, act like art art. What they... You know, what people... Like, high hoity-toity people consider art. You know? Film is art. Sure. But it's not the art art that they want. They moved, So they moved into the city building. The city building decided that it wasn't like, you know, this isn't really city oriented. So they moved it to the Philly Icon Center, which is where literally they have like some of the big people who have ever been or came out of Philadelphia. You know, that's where they put all the, you know, statues, memorabilia and stuff like that that have come back through and stuff like that. So his statues at the Philly, uh, Philly Icon Center. Um, another really cool thing is the East State Pen where Al Capone was held. That's, uh, still standing. It's not operational, but I've been there. So I seen the cell and everything like that where Al Capone was. So you get to like do tours of the prison? Yeah. yeah. That's neat. I've never done one of those, but some of them look yeah. pretty cool. I really want to go to Alcatraz and like That would out. be dope. Yeah. I want to see that one. That's not Philly though. Anyway, um, a cool one that I actually completely forgot about. Um, and my dad reminded me was 69th street terminal, um, right off of the L and it's the last stop of the L train, which is the subway that goes through, uh, one of the major subways that go through. And it's just, it's a really big, it's almost like a shopping center in like underground. It's really neat. It's really cool. Got tons of eateries, really neat artwork and stuff like that. People have done, uh, people took tile murals. Yeah. Like the, in the museum. Uh, Cincinnati Museum, you know, the tiles, tile mural they got going around the uh, built, mm-hmm. uh, top right there. They have a shit, like a shit ton of those murals all around the terminal and stuff. And like supposedly, like I don't remember this because I was really young last time I was there. But like if you start at the entrance of the terminal from the street and walk to the train, it's a history of Philly. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. From what I remember, from what I've heard, I don't know if that's true. Before you get to the next thing. Sure. Liberty Bell. Here's how it cracked. Oh, okay. Cast at London's Whitechapel Bell Factory, the bell arrived in Philadelphia in August 1752 because the metal was too brittle. It cracked during a test strike and had to be recast twice. <laughs> After the British invasion of Philadelphia, the bell was hidden in church in a church until it could be safely returned to the state house. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Neat. Neat. So it cracked twice being tested. That's yeah. funny. They should have made a better bell. <laughs> All right, what you got next? Um, the Franklin uh, Institute of Science is just a science museum. Super neat. They have a giant heart you can walk through, 
and like tells you all the ventricle systems and stuff like that. It's really cool. It's really cool. Like if you ever get a chance to go to Philly, take your kids and go to the Franklin Institute. I don't want to take them. I want to go by myself. No, dude. Seriously, like the Franklin Institute was such a fun place. Like I went as a young kid, a teenager, and an adult, and I had a blast all three times. Mainly because I could still fit in most of the shit kids can. So, <laughs> right. like, I'd go and squeeze in and do all the silly shit. But, I mean, they got tons of science experiments and stuff like that. You know, um, oh, God, Ben Franklin, you know, they got all kinds of stuff uh, that science experiments and stuff that he did. You know, whatever. They have a, um, a display of him flying the kite with the key on it. You know, they got that set up in there. And, like, it's not real lightning, obviously, but they have a light system that does it. It's really cool. What's the drive time from here to Philly? Nine hours. That sounds like a weekend trip to me. Uh, yeah, sure. Long weekend. Yeah, we can do it. Um, and then la- the last thing I got that I can remember is uh, Reading Market Terminal. And it's just, it's underneath of a building, like, just a random, like, bank or some shit. I don't fucking know. It's just a building. But it is just a flea market slash farmer's market in the middle of downtown, underneath the city. That's awesome. Dude, it's super cool. Sorry, that was loud. But, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, it's wild. The smells radiating out of there, dude. It's awesome. Such a fun time. It's like Finley Market. If Trader's World was better and Finley Market was bigger... Combine those two, that's exactly what it is. Wes wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I actually ventured up to Finley Market this past weekend. Oh, did you? What'd you think? It was awesome, man. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. But imagine that much bigger and then with a flea market attached to it. I bought some spicy chocolate. Oh, fuck off. It's not too bad. I don't give a shit. It's just flavorful. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'm not eating it. Let's talk about how different the times were. So before. We were doing this episode, and this is Philly-related people. Before we were doing this episode, Shorty's dad grew up in Philadelphia. Yep. And he was telling me this story about how this poor kid had to get to and from school. So we all hear these stories about how our parents walked uphill both ways to and from school, barefoot in the snow with fucking alligators in it. Yeah. Now, we get to hear a true-to-life story about how somebody fucking got to school. And let me tell you what, if you tried to pull this shit in 2020 dumb, your ass would get child services called Fuck on yeah, you. you would. So, my dad, like, they grew up, my dad really did grow up, like, right next to Philly. So, Williamstown, New Jersey, is every bit of a 30-minute drive to downtown Philly. So, what my dad had to do from, th- I think it was third grade to seventh grade, him... His two younger siblings had to ride a bus into Philly, hop on the L train at the first stop, and ride at the 69th Street Terminal, which was the last stop of the L train. Hop another bus, fucking however long. I don't remember how long it was. It's still, that's you're now on your third mode of transportation yep. in one trip. In one trip. And then you had to walk a fucking half mile from the bus stop to the school. The rest of the way there. Now, granted, what are you, 10 in third grade? No, Nine? you're eight. Eight. Eight in third grade. My dad was eight years old. My uncle was six. My aunt was fucking five, I think. Kindergarten? Yeah. Kindergarten. And she's walking around with it, six and an eight-year-old. Just holding hands, going to town. 
Two and a half hour trip to two and school. Ha- yeah, two and a half hours is what my dad said. And my dad one time, he actually made me take it. He was like, all right, we're going to, you know, you know, your mom and your sister are going to do whatever. We're going to ride. You're, we're going to take my route to school. I was like, what are we going to do? He said, the bus trip's going to be a little bit longer because they've added stops, obviously. I was like, okay, whatever, cool. So we hop on a bus in Williamstown, New Jersey. Rode it. Took like 45 fucking minutes. And then we rode the L, which took an hour and fucking 20 minutes. And then we had to ride a, another bus another 30 minutes. And then Dad was like, all right, we're not going to walk the rest of the way to school. We're going to go get some meat. And that's actually when we went to Reading Terminal to get some food. Fucking wild, dude. Fucking wild. So, let alone, you know, we, we're not allowed to let our kids do that shit these days. Imagine making one of these entitled little fuckers try to do it. Oh, yeah. My like, dad what? had to wake no. up at 4.30 in the morning. And be on the fucking first bus of the morning. Just to fucking get to school on time. 4.30. Did somebody wake him up? Fuck, I, I imagine my grandmother. Alright, here, here, this leads me into my next question. <laughs> this is how bad I was when it came to school in morning times. At what age did you start using an alarm, an alarm clock or waking yourself up for school, for that matter? Okay, so... Uh, to preface this, I was only in school up until 4th grade when oh, I was that's homeschooled. Right. Um... While I was in school, I often didn't need an alarm clock, nor did I need somebody to wake me up because I would go to sleep late and I would wake up early because I've always had insomnia. So that was always an issue. So sometimes I would sleep in. It was more or less like when I didn't realize we had something going on, like, oh, we're going to do something random Saturday. And I'd be like, oh, wow, I literally did not go to sleep last night until 630 this morning and you woke me up at 7. You know, that kind of deal. But on school nights, all right, fine, whatever. I would go to bed, like, at 2, and I'd be up by 5 and be no big deal. So, until I was 16, my mother woke me up for school every day. Until I was 16. Sure. My sister was getting herself up in, like, late elementary, middle school. Mm -hmm. Nope, not me. I was 16. Yeah. And when she quit waking me up, I still wasn't getting up on my own. My high school sweetheart at that point was coming to my house every morning and waking me up for school. Jesus Christ. Until I was done with school. God bless. Yes. It's all right. I wake cake up. I, when me and him worked together. Whatever, God, I had to wake cake up. I know. I know. I would wake his ass up. His I alarm would... clock would go off for an hour and a half. I know. I'm well aware. I fucking, dude, like, he finally shut it off the other day and I was like, why the fuck is this still going off? He's like, I don't know. You fucking asshole. Like, shut that thing up. I don't want to hear it. I'd go over and fucking... I'd go just in his fucking room, grab his phone, turn it off, and set it back down and walk out. I didn't give a fuck. I would never walk into a room where he was sleeping. I didn't give a shit. I, see, I'm weird. Like, I don't know. Well, Cause see, he, at that point in time when, like, 30 minutes of your alarm going off, that's obnoxious. Yeah. All right? So, I'm going to enter. I'm not going to wake you up. I'm going to try to be as quiet as possible. Locate your fucking phone and... Turn that thing off. I will be his respect. I won't touch nothing. I don't try to peek at nothing. In and out. That's all I'm doing. Now, if you got to get up, I'm like, ah! bang on the fucking door and shit. Yeah, yeah that man. He, that motherfucker sleeps. He de- but, but it's funny because he'll stay awake as long as he possibly can. Which I have researched it and I found out that there's a thing called, uh, fuck, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but 
It's the sensation of feeling robbed of your time. So when you get free time, you mentally do not want to sleep. Like subconsciously, you don't want to sleep. So your body won't shut down properly. That sounds about right. And that's exactly what Camden has. I like my free time to sleep. Sure. Sure. Camden doesn't. He wants to do other things. He wants to read. He wants to watch TV. You know, Places whatever. My... Exactly right. Well, that was our uh, Philadelphia spiel for the day. Yeah. Got a little sidetracked. It's all right. So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some stimmies. Some stimmies. Some stimmies. Stimmy, give me semi. Is that really how you count to three in what language? I don't fucking know. That was a mixture of all of them. Yeah, I don't Thri- know. Thrice is just fancy for three. Dice is fucking what you do to a tomato and once. <laughs> that was no. <laughs> that was no other language than English. Just fucking weird. It worked. I can count to three in like five different languages. I really? think. Yeah. I like. Fine, dry is German. Un de trois is French. One, two, three is English. Um, Itch me, or- son. What? Itch knee sun. Is that Japanese or Chinese? I don't know. It's one of the two. It's one of the knees. <laughs> uh, then you have uno, dos, tres, which is Spanish. Yeah, that's it. That's I, I, do, I did know that one. Yeah. All right. So, if you haven't heard, the government passed that nice little bill that we're all going to get a little bit of change from. What do you think the weirdest shit that people are going to spend their stimmies on? So, we have a guy at work talking about buying a real doll. And now, I didn't know what the hell a real doll was until about ten minutes ago. Which shows you get love from somebody real. You know what I'm saying? But these women are not real. They are made of plastic. Is that what they're made of? Plastic? I don't fucking know. They're made of something expensive. I know that fucking much. Because they're like three or four grand, dude, for real. And like, they're expensive ass, super fucking, like... They have, like, cum reservoir. They have, like, you can program them to say fucking things during sex. Like, all kinds of weird shit, dude. You can fucking multipose them. Dude, they're fucking wild. I'll, sh- I'll have to show you some fucking videos I've found. Apparently, there's, like, some bodybuilder that married his. <laughs> yeah, look. What? Some Russian bodybuilder married. Dude's a stud, too. And he married his real doll. I just, when I saw it, it was just sex doll. I didn't yeah. know they were called actual real dolls. Yeah, they're called real dolls. Which, by the way, I didn't know what a fleshlight was until about two years ago. Really? Yeah, I, I thought somebody was saying flashlight. I was like, flashlight. No, like, no fleshlight. Uh, I was like, why fun. is it called a fleshlight? Because it looks like a goddamn flashlight. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly right. But my birthday's coming up, like we had discussed. Mm-hmm. And all you motherfuckers that are getting STEMI checks, remember, this guy's birthday. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want at my birthday. I want some midget strippers and a steady supply of booger sugar for them. Like, we need that. Because you can't have midget strippers without the booger sugar. But, I don't want them to be a... Ra- like, I don't, I don't want them for arousal. I think midget strippers are goddamn hilarious. <laughs> Anybody that gets a kick out of midget strippers, good for you. But, goddamn, midget strippers are weird, but they're funny. Look, cabbage patch kids. <laughs> right? Big ass heads, little stubby arms would look like fucking rolls with string tied. I don't know, man. I've seen some fucking hot midgets, dude. So, I don't give a fuck. I don't know, man. I mean, but you could pull it off. You're a little bit shorter. Me, if I'm standing next to a midget, they're going to look like they're my child. 
Sure. Now that's fucking weird. I mean, yeah, anything under like fucking five foot, you know, like looks like a kid, but like I don't give a shit, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying like, you know, fucking like if we have any like women or even dudes for that matter who are under the five foot height, you know, more power to you. I'm sorry you can't reach the top shelf. <laughs> I can, but usually on my toes. But like that's fine. Hell, I've been with women who are under five foot. And that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like they're five eleven and they always preface four eleven? Four eleven, four eleven, yeah. I've been with a five eleven girl too. Weird. But anyway, um now nah, the four the four eleven, they're always really specific. They're like, I'm four I'm four foot eleven and a half inches. <laughs> really always throw in that half. They always throw in the half or three quarters. Dude, one girl was like, I'm three quarters. And I was like, damn. And the one girl was like, I'm seven eighths. And I'm like, you almost five, girl. Why don't you just count it? She goes, because I'm not. She was like fucking insecure about it. Dude. It was fucking funny. So after the money is spent on the midget strippers and the booger sugar. Sure. Here's why I need the midget strippers. We then need to have somebody rent a bounce house. <laughs> and put all these coked up strippers in the bounce house. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be goddamn epic. You just made epic. a new fucking sport. You know what I'm saying? I might have. You I put all them. the booger sugar in there. Let them go fucking nuts. And then you fucking wrap one fucking like duct tape and shit. And let's like fucking make it like. Just a little bit of booger sugar, you know what I'm saying? But wrap it up to make it look fucking huge. Say, all right, girls, this is the last one. Throw it in there. Watch them all go fucking nuts and shit. That'd be fucking great. We call it Crack Baby Basketball. Crack Baby Basketball. I that's like a, that. That's a rip off South Park. I can't oh. take credit for that. Oh, see, I don't watch South Park, so I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I'm sure some of our idiot listeners watch South Park. Though. I fucking love it. Seems South like Park. the demographic. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Same humor. But what else, what else would they spend their... Uh, Stimmies on. I seen this thing because I was looking up weird shit to buy. You can get Bluetooth banana phones. And now this is something I feel like I need in my life. Like, legit. It's a phone that is a banana and it just connects to your phone so you can talk on a goddamn banana. I'm so tempted to tell Trevor about this just so he can buy it. Would he buy it? I fucking think he would. If Mo would let him, he totally would. <laughs> sure. Well, you well, if you were gonna get a stimmy, what would you buy besides uh, comic books or statues? Well, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Probably a new table saw. Honestly, like I want a new table saw. Yeah. Yeah. I just got a bunch of new toys. Hell yeah! I got some hedge trimmers and a weed whacker and a new chainsaw. Ooh, chainsaw. Yeah. Neato. No, I just need a new table saw. That's really what I need. I would like to get a brand new, like, fucking good-ass miter saw, too, but i just buy... I would buy woodworking tools, really. Yeah. Like, all kinds of crazy shit. Hand-carving tools, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm gonna need some help with, with some woodworking. <laughs> I got you, dog. I love doing that shit. I'm, I want to build it. I think I can. It's just basically a long crate that you can plant flowers in. Okay. That's... Yeah, that's that's easy. But I got one now, and it's falling apart. And I was like, you know what? I can build this. Yes, I can. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's a can-do attitude. Right. I'm not much for building stuff. I wasn't raised around that shit. I was raised in sports and fighting and drugs and <laughs> all the fun stuff that didn't help me out later in life. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's all right. It was fun. Uh, No, other than that, man, I don't think I would buy anything stupid. See, I would have to go and find, like, if you remember, it was many episodes back. We talked about weird fucked up toys. And there was this one of Punisher that shot rockets <laughs> out his crotch. I'd find that and buy that. 
just so I could shoot crotch rockets out of my Punisher at people. Oh, shit. But yeah. So, those of you who don't know, yes, you're getting a $1,400 stimulus check unless you made the, I want to say it's like 70. 75. I think they they dropped it a little bit. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Rub it in my face a little bit further. It doesn't matter. Luckily, I had a very poor financial year. Well, that's that sucks. How unfortunate! But now I, I fucking get worth my dick off and still don't get paid. That's some bullshit. You make twice as much money as me, though. Yeah, but I work fucking three times the hours. Yeah, this is true. Cause I'm lucky if I work six or seven hours a day. Yeah, and I'm working sixteen. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I remember those days, dude. I used to I used to get up when we were on the twelve hour shifts there. I would get up and go to work just because I didn't want to be home. That's what I do now. I'd come home when everybody was sleeping and be cool. It's like, fuck it, I need the money anyways. It's like, I ain't got to put up. My philosophy's always been, like, if I'm awake doing nothing, I might as well get paid. So, if work's offering it, just go into work. There's always something you can do, though. Sure. Yeah, but like... You got the woodworking. Yeah, but see... Well, we got t-shirts we need designed. Yeah, 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 I got that. But like, and I can do majority of that at work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have access to a computer, so I can do just about anything at work. Yeah. And nobody says anything to me, so no, it's okay. No, it was a great place to work. I missed that job. But speaking of the t-shirts, I want to throw this out there for you guys. We're going to have a contest. You good with this contest? Do you remember the guidelines of it, Shorty? No. We are going to let you design a oh, t-shirt that's right. for us. And you can send them, you can email them to us, you can put them on the Facebook page. Yeah. Fucking post them on Twitter or Instagram and yep. just tag us. We'll fucking see it. The winner will get whatever their design is. They will get a shirt of that design and we will put it on our online store. Yep. With full credit to you. So it won't just be like, oh, look what we designed. No. Nope. And if you want, we'll sign it and ship it to you. And, uh,. Just in case we ever get super huge and famous, you can have our autographs. Right. So, yeah, that's what you can spend your STEMI checks on when they come in. Spend them on some merch. Yeah. Support your inner idiots. Support your inner idiot by supporting our inner idiots. That's right. (laughs) Because we all love our inner idiots. You know, people, people do ask me, you know, what's your show about? I was like, well... You know, there's that shit that you say in your head that you're not allowed to say out loud. That's what we talk about most of the time. And then I realize like how educational some of our shit actually is. My sister tells me all the time. She goes, I never knew any of that. And I'm like, wow, really? She's like, yeah. And I was like, huh, weird. And then there's shit that I learned. I'm like, damn, that's cool as fuck. Dude, I cannot tell you how many people <laughs> I've told about the fucking king of hearts not having a mustache. Really? Yeah, the last like two or three weeks, I've told a bunch of people that. We make learning fun. We do. We do. So, last week, was it last? It was last week. We did a shorty's pool, and it was a really good one. It was, uh, there was some deep shit in it. Yeah. Right? So, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, and can you recreate that pool? I can certainly try. I mean, we don't have to recreate it, but we can use that one again. Yep. Because I feel like. I feel like the listeners need it. We got summer. They got robbed, dude. Seriously, like, and it's my fault. Like, I fucked up. And that shit I had happens. Some, yeah, some technical difficulties, but yeah, I'll give it to them. I'll give it to them good. Give it to them good because springtime's good. coming up, and the weather is starting to change. We all need a little cheering up. That's right. So, break, break. 
Greetings, humanoids, goblinoids, and all the other oids in between. Do you like talking about Dungeons & Dragons? Do you enjoy listening to other people talk about Dungeons & Dragons? Or talk about any other role-playing games? If you say yes to any or all of these, join me and Autumn Midas on the Dimwits and Dummies podcast, an open discussion on our take on how to improve your game from the perspective of game master to player characters. Embrace your flaws and learn that everyone loves D&D. They just don't know it yet. And it's time for Shorty's Pull. Yep. I love these things. Good, I'm glad. Especially this one. Yeah. I'm glad other people enjoy them too, dude. Because, like, um, like we we do have, like, a huge influx of it. Like, especially now, dude. Because I remember probably five or six years ago, man, we and me and my ex went to the movie theater to watch some Marvel movie or whatever. And, like, obviously before the movie, there's a shit ton of trailers and they're showing off, you know, upcoming, you know, comic book movies and stuff like that. And then during the movie, there's a bunch of Easter eggs that a lot of people don't get unless they read comic books a lot. Um, and then at the end of the movie, of course, you have the end credit scene and whatnot. And, like, believe this or not, but as a kid and young teenager and stuff like that, I was kind of always an outlier. I was kind of the black sheep just about everywhere I went. I could always attract people in. But, like, just because I was always doing stupid shit, people are like, oh, this guy's funny because he's retarded. And that's usually how I got people in. But, like, I didn't have a lot of close friends. Like, I was always kind of alienated. And um, I always kind of wanted to be, like, you know, I had a few friends of mine who were really popular, real, you know, uh, played sports and stuff like that. And for some reason, everybody crowded around them. And I always kind of wanted to be a part of that crowd. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and I was always the goth kid wearing big black baggy pants and chains and shit, you know, whatever. Spikes and all that stuff, painting my fucking nails black and shit. I used to be that kid. And, um, but we went to go see this movie and I can't remember which one it was, but like after the movie, like it's me, just me as far as my, like I go, my girlfriend and all of her friends, like, I mean, eight or nine of these people. And I don't barely know any of them, but after the movie, like, they're, we went out to eat and they're all talking or whatever and I was like oh this is actually what this means and they're like what do you mean and I would explain it to them and then by the end of the th- fucking like at the end of dinner we're sitting there talking and everybody's like shorty what does this mean shorty what does this mean shorty what does this mean and all of a sudden I started to feel like that you know holy shit like I'm the fucking cool kid for the first time in my life and like I got home dude like me and her went home and I literally dude this is not a joke like I seriously cried and she was like what's wrong what's going on I was like no seriously I'm like I've waited 24 years to be considered the cool kid and i was like and it's finally happened i got made fun of so bad when i was a kid one of my first days of like third grade i showed up to school with batman light up shoes and like the fucking bat like the light up part was a bat symbol you, oh, fucking, you su- stamp stomp on the ground or whatever fucking light up and shit dude was badass i got made fun of so bad the first day of school that i came home and asked my mom for a new pair of shoes Seriously, that's how bad it was. The fucking Batman shoes, dude. Nowadays, those motherfuckers kill. But, like, back then, uh-uh. No dice. But, like, I told her, dude, I said, I waited 24 years to be this fucking cool. And I was like, <laughs> and it finally happened, dude. Like, fuck yes. So, like, seeing everybody, like, getting this influx of, like, media from whether it be animation, movies, and stuff like that, you know, it's really helped me out, you know, fucking climb the fucking, like, I guess popularity tree or whatever. 
and like a lot of these other nerds or whatever, like D and D is becoming part of the mainstream now. It, it really is. Like and you like, wouldn't believe how much I see on on the Twitter world of people, you know, asking for D and D racks or yeah. or you know, can I find a D and D group here or there? Yeah, and it's fucking dude, it's killer to me, and I fucking love it. And I mean, just seeing all this stuff that I've always been into, and people are finally like breaking into this medium. It's one of my favorite things, and I just I love introducing things. Uh, that I am passionate about to other people just to see if they also get passionate about it. Like when one of my friends become passionate about comic books or movies or something, you know, something in the nerdy genre that I'm into, whether it be Lord of the Rings or something, you know, when they start coming to me like, Shorty, did you know this? I'm like, yeah, I did know that. You want to know something else that's fucking weird? And just start diving deeper and deeper into lore and stuff. Like that's one of my favorite feelings in all the world. It's, I mean, Take anything you're passionate about in general that you know a vast majority of. When you get somebody else invested into it and they start coming to you like, hey, did you know this? Especially when they bring shit to you that you didn't know. Dude, that is an exciting fucking rush. And I fucking live for that. But uh, I will say you and Keika got me into D&D pretty good. Good, good, good. And that's, I mean, like always what we want to do you know what i'm saying like bring everybody into the fold you know whether it be comic books or stuff like that you know i'll give anybody a fucking like what do you enjoy reading i'll tell you what to fucking read like i'll give you my best suggestion of what i think you'll like and even like even if you come to me and say hey i want to read only marvel like all right cool i got a fucking list for you i can tell you what to read but um today's pool list is um green green lanterns um Bless you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Green Lanterns. Uh, they're not. It's not a store, a tied together story, but it's um, issue sixteen and seventeen from the Green Lanterns uh, DC Rebirth title. Um, and at this point in time, there's two Green Lanterns that share the same power battery, which is how they get their you know power and whatnot from. That's how they power their rings and give them superpowers and shit. Um, so, it's Jessica Cruz and. Uh, uh, Shit, Simon Baz, that's his name. Um, so they're they're the two Green Lanterns of Earth right now, and it's really cool to see these characters kind of deal with real world problems that we see in the real world now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Jessica Cruz struggles really bad with social anxieties and stuff like that. So in the beginning of the issue, it's kind of given her backstory and whatnot build up because it's kind of like really her first major appearance in a title um, as far as like issue one was her first like real debut. And then her coming, you know, giving you her origin story. It took you 16 issues to get to. But it talks about how like she overcame great fear, which is how you get the Green Lantern ring. Um, and most of the time, whenever you see that, you know, how Jordan's experience is like he faced death you know, falling, and he reacted appropriately. Like, he used to be a fighter pi- uh, fighter pilot, and he was crashing down and was able to overcome great fear just by maintaining control of everything and doing everything process and whatnot. He was able to maintain that, and he was granted the, you know, ring of willpower to overcome that. But, you know, Jessica Cruz, she overcame her anxieties, her fears, and just, like, on such a small scale, which... To us, we think is minute and dull, but to her was like a huge leap. Like she had such bad social anxiety, she wouldn't leave her bedroom. And she was just locked in this, you know, uh, in her own isolated world that she couldn't function outside of. And one day her sister got hurt 
and she had like for whatever reason there was a power outage or something I don't fucking know they didn't have cell phones or something but Jessica Cruz had to like leave her house and take her sister to the hospital and this is a girl who hasn't talked to anybody other than her sister for two years like I couldn't imagine being that scared of just people in general and like the outside world and then like but I can I can see the fear of other things that I you know I am afraid of or you're afraid of you know you can somewhat relate that you don't want to overstep those bounds. But the moment somebody you love and cherish is hurt and you have to overstep, you know, your fears and stuff, Jessica Cruz did. She was able to get her sister and go out to the hospital. And the whole time you can see, like, you know, the the writer Sam Humphreys does a wonderful dialogue of talking about how Jessica Cruz is, like, in her monologue freaking the hell out about going to the hospital. And, like, somebody's like, hey, is everything all right? She just freaks out and runs off. Like, just speeds off in her car or whatever. But, like, after that whole process and she gets her to the hospital or whatever, she's still freaking out internally. But all of a sudden, it clicks in her head. She goes, I can't believe I did this. And at that moment, the Green Lantern Ring shows up and tells her, you have the ability to overcome great fear. And, like, wow, holy shit. I mean, to me personally, that is such a huge impact. Like, a moment, I can't, like, I read that and, dude, it hit me. Like, holy shit, because I have insecurities. You know what I'm saying? Everybody does. And everybody has somewhat, some form of anxiety, whether it be social or whatever. But, like, when that when that happened, when she got her fucking power battery, dude, I was like, holy fuck. I feel like I just got power boosted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's being inspired in such a way for that. And, man, the writing Sam Humphrey does, dude, I cannot praise this man enough. Like, creating Jessica Cruz the way she is was absolutely done beautifully. Um, now see this, this right here, this is what makes Shorty's pulls great is because I've never been much into the green lanterns, any of the lantern core stuff. It's always just kind of been, eh, they make stuff. Yeah. But then once you hear like how they get their rings, what did this person overcome? Like it really makes me want to learn more about them, mm-hmm. which is, which is awesome. And especially yeah. these kinds of issues, overcoming anxiety, overcoming mm-hmm. fears and shit like me that's great yeah i'll never get one because i ain't fucking with snakes but. <laughs> well you never know dude like i mean something might some situation might come arise like i honestly do believe like you said it before joking and whatnot that you would like kick your daughter's legs out from underneath it for you and run like yeah hell. i got one less kid at that point exactly right but i honestly don't believe that i believe full-heartedly if your daughter was like had a fucking snake on her and she was freaking the fuck out you would reach down and grab that I think it depends and on which one. It does not matter. <laughs> it depends on which one. No. Bullshit. Seriously. I believe, honestly, you have at that moment the ability to overcome great fear and save your daughter. And that right there, and dude, as silly as it sounds, because I don't give a fuck about snakes. I fucking pet those motherfuckers and let them climb all over me. I don't give a shit. But for you, that instant right there makes you a fucking superhero. Uh-huh. And that, dude, I'm telling you. They blow like that shit right there. Fucking blow anybody's mind. I don't, see, I don't know, man. I don't think I could do it. I, I, I wholeheartedly, dude. I'm half tempted to drop a steak on your daughter just to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> if any of my the mothers of my children are listening, he's not gonna really drop a snake on them. If he does, we will not tell you about it. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but your daughter might. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Dude. It's okay. You're just gonna be like, I'm just gonna be known as Man Man's dad, and you're like, who the hell is that? Who's well, I mean, dad? Snakes and my daughter, my youngest, come from the same place anyways. They all <laughs> are spawns of fucking hell. So, uh, the oldest one, 
See, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think the oldest one's Bryce Snakes. But anyways. All right. Anyways. Now on to Simon Bass, which I think is issue 16 of the two. Um, he is a um, Muslim immigrant. And he came over and I found out that it wasn't the military. It was the police force. So he becomes a cop in who gives a hell city. I don't remember off the top of my head. But as a cop or whatever, he's still getting treated with racial bias or whatever because he's a Muslim. And at the time, these issues are coming out. And when Simon came out or whatever, there was a lot of issues still with the United States and the Middle East. So we saw here in the United States, and even in 2016, we saw a lot of hate toward the Muslim community and stuff like that. So reading this kind of real-world aspect of Simon Baz dealing with this, even though he's a law enforcement you know, officer, he took the oath, he's a U.S. citizen and all this silly stuff, even inside of his jurisdiction, he is still getting you know, treated wrongly with racial bias and all this other stuff. And he's just sticking to his guns. He's going to do what's right for the right sake and whatnot. And he doesn't want to sully his name or whatever. And there's a moment where, like, he loses his job because he stands up to, like, four or five crooked cops. And he is, like, for a moment, he's actually, like, he has five guns pulled on him. And he doesn't draw his weapon. He's like, well, this is it. Like... And he willingly accepts it right then in a moment. Like, you know, again, Sam Humphreys does a wonderful job intermonologuing it, talking about how he has, um, he's terrified to die. He does not want to die. He wants to go home and see his mom, his girlfriend, or whatever, right, you know, after work. That's what all he wants to do. Any police officer can tell you all they want to do is come home safe to their wife and kids. You know what I'm saying? And that's all he wants. So at that moment, He's staring death in the face, and he does not fault. He does not, like, all right, guys, I'll shut up. I'll never talk about your, you know, wrongdoings or whatever. Talk about you guys being crooked pieces of shit. He just steps back, and he's like, oh, this is what happens. Like, the truth will kill me. That's fine. And at that moment, the ring shows up, and he, you know, you have the ability to overcome great fear. And he, you know, once he gets the power ring, he instantly was able to overcome the situation and save the day. But... Um, in issue 16, they talk about um, uh, Batman comes to them because there's an alien, you know, random thing going on in Gotham City that he needs the Lantern's help for. So while they're going around, everybody knows Batman doesn't like guns or whatever. And so Batman the whole time is kind of giving Simon Baz a bunch of shit about carrying a gun on his side. Well, it's because Simon Baz is like, well, this ring will fail me. This gun won't. It will always fire. And, you know, he, they have a couple back and forths or whatever. And, you know, Batman finally tells him, you know, like, for a guy who says he can overcome great fear, you're scared of losing your battery, like your ring. The one thing that truly makes you a hero and the whole reason you have that ring is because you're over to come, you're able to overcome great fear, but yet you're afraid to lose your ring. So you have your fucking safety net on your side. He said, that just makes you weaker than you actually, like, than you sh- can be. And, like, wow, holy crap. Like, he's he's holding on to this fear on his side, and he's he's unwilling to let it go. And so, like, throughout the issue, you see them consistently. I mean, like, every two or three pages, they get into it about this gun. And finally, at the end of it, you know, uh, Simon Bad kind Simon Baz kind of snaps back at him. He's like, well, if you think you're so great, why don't you take the ring? He goes, because I can't overcome my fear. I use my fears to 
you know, fight crime, you know, be the vengeance that I need to be, you know, be the hero that I am. He goes, you're a Green Lantern. You are the light in the darkness. He goes, but I need to remain in the darkness. You need to step above. And, like, he kind of hears that from Batman, and he's like, you need to be better than me. And, like, whenever fucking Batman says you need to be better than him, like, oh. Well, I guess well, you better be better. Fuck, I need to step <laughs> up my game. Like, dude, that's, like, the equivalent of your dad saying you're disappointed in, you know, he's disappointed in you. Like, that, to me, is the equivalent. Like, damn, dude. Like, I fucked up. <laughs> but ser- seriously. And, like, all of a sudden, Simon Bass starts to realize it, man. Like, I wish I could recreate the dialogue, man. Like, I ought to look it up just so I can read it to you. But, um... I mean, it's such a powerful dialogue, and in that moment, Simon Baz realizes, like, yeah, I'm really letting my fear hold me back. Even though I'm supposed to be the symbol of hope and willpower, I'm really letting this get, let, letting me hold back. So he actually, like, he takes off his gun and just leaves it to the side, and, like, at the end of it or whatever, man, and, like, you see him, like, shaking and stuttering the whole time as he's, you know, taking out his gun and dropping it. Like, he's kind of freaking out about it. He gives it to Jim Gordon. Um, but, like, then Batman instantly repays him. As soon as he lets go of his fear, Batman extends his hand. He goes, I can actually work with you. And like fucking Simon Baz, like the whole time throughout the issue before they started teaming up or whatever, you know, him and Jessica Cruz were talking about like, oh, if you could team up with a superhero, who would you team up with? Simon Baz was like, I would love to team up with Batman because he is the top echelon. You know, you have the Trinity, you have Batman at the top, Superman, Wonder Woman. Not in any specific order other than, you know, that. But Batman is number one. And he was like, that's the guy I wanted, I want to hang out with. And sure enough, Batman comes calling. But the whole time he's giving him shit, really beating him down. He's like, fuck, man, this guy's not as cool as I thought. <laughs> but then the moment you actually let go of your fear, Batman's like, yes. Now we can work together. Now you're a real superhero. And fucking Simon, you can just see him, like, light up. Like, oh, man, this is it. And I mean, like, for issues on, you hear him consistently inner monologuing talking about how grateful he is that he dropped his fear off in Gotham and like Batman might be like the fear in Gotham and what drives it but he doesn't want the heroes to be afraid he doesn't want the citizens to be afraid he wants everybody to be able to overcome their fear and I mean Simon Baz is a shining pinnacle of what it feels like to be you know prosecuted uh, 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 racial you know uh, persecuted. persecuted, thank you, God bless. Persecuted racial, from racial bias and whatnot. Like, I mean, it's it's a wonderful writing. Sam Humphreys, again, does such a good job. Fucking uh, Neil Edwards, he does wonderful artwork throughout the whole series. Really good at uh, encapsulating the emotions that they're feeling at that moment. I mean, watching Jessica Cruz cry while driving to the hospital and watching Simon Bass shake as he's getting ready to drop drop his gun, the two pinnacle moments of them overcoming their fears is so powerful to me. And just watching them to overcome these great deal, like great strides and struggles that we together in this world now still face is more impactful than any TV show, any movie I've ever seen. I remember reading Jessica's issue and I actually cried. Like, it was so moving to me. And, like, Simon Cruz watching him drop his gun. Dude, I was fucking jumping and cheering reading it, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, shit gets me so hyped. How, how old are the, is that? Uh, those uh, those issues came out, let's see, probably 2017. So um, probably a hard find. Uh, you can find the graphic novels. If I had to guess, they would be either volume two or three from the DC Rebirth line. 
So if you go to your local comic book shop and ask, you could uh, just ask for the Green Lantern's DC Rebirth, and they would be able to point you in the right direction. And then um, those two specific issues would probably be um, in Volume 3 if I had to take a guess. Because most volumes are six, uh, 6 to 10 issues in one volume. So it could either be in the second or third one. I'm not really sure. So, But yeah, if you want to go out and read it, please do. It's an awesome read, especially if you want to read a little bit of inspirational stories. Jessica Cruz is a wonderful character to read up on, and anybody can look up to her. You know, same thing with Simon Baz. See, Jessica Cruz, I know of the two, and she's a really good character, really well done. Mm. And uh, my daughter loves Jessica Cruz. Good. Absolutely loves her. Good. Awesome. Uh, they've done a good job of putting her in newer stuff, especially yeah. for the younger aged kids. Mm -hmm. But that was Shorty's pull for the day. That's it. That's it. So we're pretty much at the end of the show. That's it. Today's outer idiot of the day is Letty S from the Twitterverse. Thank you. She's a new listener. She's from Alberta, Canada. Alberta. Alberta. Canada. Oh, Canadians. Oh, Canadians. I want to go to Canada so bad. We'll go to Canada someday. Someday. That's the hopes and dreams. That's the hopes and dreams. But that's it. That's what we got. That's all of it. So, uh, in the meantime. In the betweens time. If you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. <laughs> Cue the music. Run it.